Welcome to the HU Pirateship Podcast. What's up, everybody? You can find us at www.hupirateship.com where we talk about the pirates. You can find us on all social media platforms. You can find this podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, you name it. Like and subscribe to get alerts for new episodes. It's uh, year eight and episode number 72. I'm your host, Big Greek, along with Hamptonite from the HU Pirate Ship. Man, we vanquished all rivals, Howard, Tuskegee, and Norfolk State. Yeah, we sure did, man. I mean, yeah, we, we did. And that is always a good thing, you know, starting off 3 0. And on this uh, episode, we're going to discuss the Battle of the Bay Review, which is Hampton versus Norfolk State, the CAA updates, the HBCU updates, and CAA opener at Delaware. Oh, we're going to Delaware. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They, they, they call their stadium stadium the tub. What? The tub. Okay. I mean, it's a nice looking stadium. I saw it from their facilities. Yeah, I've seen them a few. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've seen it a few times live. So it's a nice little stadium they got there. Yep. Very true. So Pirates going to be in for a battle. So we're definitely going to break that down. But let's start out with the Battle of the Bay. Hampton wins the Battle of the Bay against Norfolk State, seventeen to seven. That brings Hampton to 3-0 and drops Norfolk State to 0-3. Um, so, of course, in this game, we'll break down the good and the bad. So, the good, uh, the Hampton defense controlled the game. Um, they sealed the win uh, with the inter- interception uh, late in the fourth quarter in the red zone. Um, they defense had two interceptions. Uh, they allowed 271 yards. 52 of those yards, 52 of those yards came on a fake punt. And like at no time did it like ever feel like they weren't in control of the game. So um, they really figured out Norfolk State. Um, you know, Norfolk State is limited because of youth and injuries and stuff. So they're rebuilding, but Hampton diagnosed them pretty quickly. Um, also good. So Mason King, uh, number 54, Hampton I, and I talked about him earlier this year. So he had a monster game. So, you know, just watching him, I mean, it was tailor-made for him because he was just running sideline to sideline. Like, Norfolk State couldn't really do much up the middle, so they just running, you know, bubble screens and tosses and stuff like that. That just allowed him to run, you know, get a 20-yard uh, head, head of steam and just, like, knock people out. So he, he had a pretty good game. Um, best from the eye perspective, he played extremely well, you know, from watching the game. So I did make that game, by the way. Um, he had 11 tackles, two-and-a-half tackles for loss. Um, so he was all over the field. He'd be, he would be my defensive player of the year. And the receivers, they had great games as well, or a really impactful game. So Ramon Copeland, he did his thing. He had a 75-yard touchdown over the middle. Um, and then Jadakus Bonds, of course, he had a, a three catches for 58 yards and a touchdown. Nice little, uh, almost like a, a, a fake out in the middle of the field where he was wide open in the middle. 
And then Trent Cloud, he got on the um, scoreboard. I thought he, he was injured in the Howard game, so I'm glad he's back. And uh, so the receivers all contributed uh, pretty well. I had 238 yards. So that's uh, the the superlatives for the game. What did you see, Hampton? Any, anything else good from this game? Well, first of all, before we even get started, you were at the game, correct? I was. And you got there at halftime, correct? Yes. And you arrived in the first quarter, correct? That's correct. Okay, so oh, it, it was a disaster. It, you know, it was like that's what I'm getting to. Yeah, yeah. So Norfolk State administration apparently is apologizing. It was terrible, man. I mean, parking parking is always rough for that game, but I had to park further away than I've ever parked. And then you get there, and there's a long line to get in, and then you it's oh. hot, so you can't get oh. water. <laughs> I mean, I got oh. in like a minute left in the first half yeah. and uh and i wasn't the only one the line was long so it, it was it was it was it was bad and then just getting there you got to get through the tunnels so everybody uh, who lives in hampton you know what that tunnel traffic is like with all yeah. the construction so yeah. the whole experience was awful i just have getting there uh, <laughs> just to be honest so, it was awful so um this is for spartan head spartan ghosts and the rest of you guys um, and um jeebus the stinker you norfolk state <laughs> folks do better do better. I mean, okay, all right, I'm sorry, but this as I mean, the ODU versus Norfolk State game, this happened, you know, this was this was um I would say is symbolic of, you know, is Marty Miller still there? Is he still there? It's a good question. If he is then this is this reeks of Marty Millerisms, you know, just you know, it's just uh, fumble in the bag. You don't fumble the bag on the Battle of the Bay. You know, people people want to see this game, man. People getting in there at halftime, it's just not good. So, all right, that is out of the way. So let me be honest with you. I didn't even watch this game because I had to take the wife to go see The Woman King. So <laughs> <laughs> a great movie, you know, thank you. I mean, it was an awesome, but I did catch uh, the actual um, this wasn't on Flow Sports, so this was on ESPN3. You know, they did have some highlights available, so I liked what I saw. But um, just basically what you said, um, Mason King, you know, was a beast that game. And, you know, defensively, it did feel, based upon the highlights that I saw, that they were in control of that game for the most, most for the most part. You know, Norfolk State, you know, they had um, last year, the last couple of years, they had um, Jawan Pudi Carter at quarterback, and that man wreaked havoc mm-hmm. on, on on many defenses. And I am glad that 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 boot Pudi is gone. So the new quarterback they had, you know, I would say he was a transfer. I think for Western Illinois, he threw two interceptions. So um, it just looked like they're still trying to figure out what they're trying to do on offense. So. But for the Hampton, you know, the defense definitely controlled the game. They did seal the um, seal the game with the INT. It was a very good, very good uh, play on the ball. I will also say that uh, Ramon Copeland with those three – I mean, it was three receptions, but I think it was more the run after catch, you know, yes. the 111 yards and that 75-yard touchdown um, catch. You know, it was basically – you know, he did his magic once he caught that ball and just took it in for 75 yards. And Jada kissed Bonds, you know, three three receptions, 58 yards. And from what I saw, it seemed like that they were basically just triple teaming, triple teaming him, double teaming him. 
just, you know, so he couldn't get, you know, make any plays. So um, the other guys, uh, Kevin Johnson, the formal, former Norfolk State guy, and Trent Cloud and Armand Vincent, you know, they all did well. So um, kudos to the receivers. Kudos to the defense more so than the receivers because it was a low-scoring game, and they basically kept Norfolk State in check. Um, another thing I will definitely say is that um, from what from my vantage point is that we're still tr- pretty much having difficulties at the quarterback position. And this is the interesting part. Hampton had last year, we didn't have a, cal- a high caliber defense like we did, but we had a high caliber quarterback in Jet Duffy. And then before Jet Duffy, we had DeAndre Francois. So could you imagine if we had those two young men uh, quarterbacking this team? Oh, oh man. I mean, it, it, would, it would be amazing. So, um, but we do have two, I would say, young guns that, you know, are still trying to pretty much learn the game. And um, I would say with Mays, you know, he definitely can make all of the throws. I just think for him, it's more maybe a little bit of confidence. Yeah, because he was six for eight last, you know, at Norfolk State. But he thought he he, he threw a pick there. And I think sometimes, you know, a game of that caliber on the road, you know, you can't, you got to come out guns blazing. Even though he was six for eight, that one pick, you know, kind of seemed like it was a, you know, something that is like, come on, man, we got to do this. We can't go, we can't fall to Norfolk State. And, and Chris uh, Christopher Zealous, you know, I wouldn't call him the backup. You know, he's a guy who comes in sporadically, you know, in offense. He basically, um, he he was 7-4, I think 14, so he was 50% completion rate, rates, rate, um, 50% completion um, percentage. And I think for him, um, he's a first, he seems like a first read guy. First read guy's not there. He's going to chuck it. He's going to run it. And he definitely has the wheels, but it does kind of make me nervous based upon, you know, playing a Delaware team that is going to take away that first read. And if they took away that first read, they didn't expect them to run it. So I do get nervous about that. So um, I'm just more thinking about next week. So it was an inconsistent passing game and uh, seven for 14 for Chris Zellis, 153 yards, one touchdown, one interception. And that touchdown was to Roman Copeland and it was more of a rack touchdown, a run after catch touchdown. He did take one sack. Malcolm May, six for eight, 85 yards, one touchdown, one interception. But he seems to be more of a, the prototypical passer, you know, six, five. But um, so... We'll see what um, what Prunny and company will do for, you know, these guys next week. And um, as for running the ball, you know, Darren Butt still seems to be hampered by those injuries, you know, nine, nine attempts, you know, 24 yards. And, I mean, we know – and we definitely know how this young man runs. So, um, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. It's Elijah Burris. Who, yeah, Burris, yeah. My bad. Six attempts, seven yards. Oh, yeah, he's hurt. Because he should have ran, he should have sliced that that uh, that NSU defense up with like like butter. So, um, but hopefully he will get better. So, uh, I do think injuries are a definite issue. But um, as far as that, then it was a good win. We needed this win, and it's a good way to start three and zero. 
Yep, right on. So only thing I, I would tackle onto that was uh, special teams. So special teams have been pretty uh, invisible, which is good, except for this game. So they had two big miscues. They missed a field goal, which happens. And they also gave up a 52-yard run uh, on a fake punt. I saw that. That was a pretty nice play uh, by Norfolk State. Um, so other than that, it was good. Only thing I was, I'll just add to the quarterbacks, like it looks like both these guys are going to play like from everything I'm reading about Prenti, he hasn't settled on one. Which which do you prefer? Like Malcolm Mays, just watching him, like like you say, he can make all the throws, like everywhere. Like all the receivers are really going to eat when he's in there. Like he's going to more likely yeah. find the open guy. But he's going to throw an interception. Like it's just, just yeah. <laughs> at this point in his career, it's going to happen. So, which are yeah. demoralizing. And he knows that. But then Zealous, you know, like you said, he's one read. Like it, from watching, it seems like one read. If that read ain't there, I'm running, or I'm going to throw it away, or I might throw an interception too. But he'll run. Like he's decisive. Yeah. So, yeah. what, 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 what <laughs> what's preferable here? I, one thing I'll say is like maybe they can design some more runs for Zealous. I mean, you don't want to get him yeah. hurt, but yeah. I'll talk about my theory on that coming up. But maybe they, if I had to pick, I would probably at this point go with Zealous. And yeah. have more design runs for him, but man, you don't want to get yeah. him hurt either. But at least he's decisive. No, no. I um, I will say it like this. Um, I kind of look at Malcolm Mays as like a Jeff, Josh Allen type of guy. You know, he can run. You know, he can throw, and you know, just like you said, the receivers eat off of him. You know, he's going to throw some picks, so you just got to let him do what he does. Um, Christopher Zealous, I like him too. Kind of reminds me of that Jalen Hurts mold, you know. He, um, he you, you can design the offense around him. You know, he can move around a, a bit. He can throw, but I do think he is a one to two, maybe if he's lucky, a three read guy. But um, the offense changes significantly, significantly when when Christopher Zealous is in the game, and I think it becomes more of a running type of offense. And it's, I'm not going to say it's predictable, but you know that, you know, that it's like, okay, if he's going to throw the ball, then we're going, we're going to make it difficult for him. But if he's going to run it, then we could just put everybody in the box to go get him. So even though I know that uh, Mays is going to throw picks, though, the fact of the matter, he still has an air game that he can actually throw. And he does have, you remember David Legree quality, that sidearm delivery. Oh, yeah. And my thing is with sidearm guys is that it seems that the ball fires out of Mays' hands really quick. And then it kind of loses his energy towards the uh, when the ball starts to fall into the receiver's hands. So mm -hmm. um, I think, so I will still go with Mays. And the reason why is because of the passing game. Um, I do like Zealous. I, I like his – I think Zealous is good, you know, in the red zone. And I'm talking about in the 30s. Like, you know, you know, in the 30s to 20s, you know, in the, in the red zone, you know, he's phenomenal there. I do get nervous when it's like a 30 to 11 <laughs> where yeah. you got to get – when you got to pass, you know, and Zealous is back there. It's not because he can't do it. It's because we haven't seen enough of it. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. And what I was watching um, – had good seats at the Norfolk State game. It's like ze zealous, like he played with a heavy box. Uh, yeah. So there were all kind of opportunities for Jada Kiss and Copeland. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're going to dare them to throw it where, mm-hmm. you know, Maze, the box is a little bit lighter, but you just want to read Maze. <laughs> like, yeah. Just read him. Yeah. You know, he'll, he'll take it to the ball eventually. So it, it's a tough call. But yeah, I, I would go with Zealous. But I, I can see why you would go with Maze for sure. It's tough. I think they're both going to play in forever until someone really distinguishes themselves. So, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that is the battle of the bay. So I think we've broken that down to as far as so, we go. Um, for all the blue hands that are listening, that this is a HBCU rivalry, Hampton University versus Norfolk State. I would say they are one of our main rivals. Hampton University versus Norfolk State. Hampton University versus Howard is a big rival. And who else, who's a who's a third? Maybe Virginia Union. You know, yeah, I'd I mean, say them, especially yeah. since that last game yeah. two years ago. So right? yeah, yeah, and those are our three biggest rivals. So the reason why it's called the Battle of the Bay is because Hampton is on the peninsula, Norfolk is in a is in Norfolk where the United States Navy is, and it's nothing but water in this area. So uh, we both control two peninsulas and. Uh, we basically it's like who wins on this side, the eastern side and the western side, and that's pretty much it. It's just the rivalry goes back since uh, Hampton's been in existence since 1868, Norfolk State, I think 1948. So it's been a, it's been it's been a pretty heated heated rivalry. It's more of a it's more of a I would say a regional rivalry. So yeah, it's a big rivalry for us. Yep, yep, they're our friends. Our hated friends. <laughs> the lower class friends. <laughs> we can't, it's I'm a joke. Kidding. I'm kidding. It's we a love joke. State. We love this. It's a State. joke. It's Truly. A joke. Yeah, I'll, we always ask for more fries when I order. I'm joking. <laughs> hey, can you upside the fries, Norfolk State man? We're kidding. We're going to love Norfolk State. <laughs> but that, hey, they talk smack too. But all right. Yeah. On to the CAA scoreboard. Um, not really interesting games. A lot of blowouts. Uh, I guess g- games are of interest to us. Um, Delaware beat Rhode Island. Uh, we'll go into that a little bit later. 42 to 21. Uh, so that was a nice, a strong win. And North Carolina Central went to Durham, New Hampshire. Beat the I shocked the heck out of me. I think that shocked everybody. 45 to 27. So um, those are the only games I saw interesting. Um, you know, as far as HBCU updates, updates so again, uh, North Carolina Central beat New Hampshire in New Hampshire. And this is where I wanted to take it back to Zealous. Like, North, uh, Central's quarterback is sort of in that mold. Like, he's a definite dual threat, but he's huge. And he runs over people when he runs the ball. But when he decides to throw, is he throws it on the money and decisive. And he is decisive. And I think that can be the mold for, for Zealous. Like, New Hampshire didn't have any answers for him. And I don't think they were expecting that. I don't think anybody was expecting this version of him. Um, so that was a really impressive win for North Carolina Central up in New Hampshire. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting this Eagles team, as we talked about in the last podcast. Um, Morgan State beat Sacred Heart. Hey, people are loving that Williams coach, man, for Morgan State. I mean, it just, you know, it just changed the attitude, changed yeah, things a little bit, yeah. but the man knows how to coach. He sure does, man. Dang. Yep. So <laughs> he's got Morgan State going in the right direction. And 
Jackson State beat Grambling 66 to 24. Damn, man. Making a <laughs> statement. <laughs> this is a statement. Although Dion put his foot in his mouth again. Uh was he talking about <laughs> talking about Grambling fans leaving early. Because oh, we're gonna hot, address man. that. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna address that. We're definitely gonna address that. Yeah, so Jackson State beat Grambling. And then Alcorn State beat McNeese State. Now, I didn't think this was a big game. But for whatever yeah. reason, in the in the SWAC, they are, like, crowing over this game. I don't know why. No. McNeese State is pretty bad. But, uh, no, no, no. McNeese State has owned the SWAC for decades. Okay. So, yeah, they, like, Southern plays them a lot. And McNeese State, like, literally runs, runs up the score on them. So, this is a big win. Yeah. So, hey, man, tell me. So, yeah, those are some pretty good games from HBCU World. Tell me, what are your thoughts on that, Jackson? What are your thoughts on Dion's comments? I hate talking about Sanders, but, man, I he's so easy. I can't Sanders, but man. What, so, what, what, what do you think? Uh, okay, so I think somebody posted a – I think Dion Sanders' contract is based upon ticket sales. So, you know, so I guess people leaving hurts his pocket. You know what I'm saying? But they already bought I the mean, ticket, right? Yeah, already bought the ticket, so he's good. So this is my whole thing, is that Deion Sanders, Jackson, Mississippi is going through a water crisis. They cannot treat the water effectively. So the stadium did, I don't think it had proper running water. You could use the toilet, but you couldn't drink anything. Or it was, whatever it was, it was that people were having difficulties there. And it was a hot day. Gramblin did not wear shorts. They wore their full uniforms. I think there was uh, seven confirmed heat strokes at the game, and the par- they had to bring in paramedics from surrounding counties. To treat so, 40 people, 40-some-odd people who really 40 some, 40 yeah. people. And you want to call their crowd pathetic? It's just like sometimes with Dion, it's just like, look, man, we get it. You know, you talk about HBCU tradition. What tradition? What tradition? You know what? I'll put it like this. The tradition is my grandfather went to Johnson C. Smith. My grandmother went to Tennessee State. My um, my grandfather, after World War II, who he was a Tuskegee Airman, went to Howard University and got his degree there. And the tradition was that HBCUs were the bedrock of many uh, uh, many families during those times and they produced a very powerful middle class during that time that's the, that's the tradition we're not talking about hbcu football tradition hbcu football tradition is just basically supporting you know supporting these programs it's not it's not it's not fluid how you think so it's just i mean sometimes i think he puts his foot in his mouth and he just talks like he's an outsider and you know, it's just, just because you part of the, just because you're part of the family doesn't mean that you can speak on certain things. So, anyway, I'm done with that. Let's, let me go on to the CAA scoreboard. So, Villanova, um, Villanova losing the Army. Understand that, but um, uh, I would say this too that um, Delaware, <laughs> our opponent coming up, beating Rhode Island, 42 to 21. Nasty. <laughs> Next. Yeah. Um, and I'm sitting here looking at it like, whoa. Now, New- North Carolina Central beating New Hampshire, it was definitely a surprise. And I'm sure New Hampshire just probably was thinking, 
They didn't even probably know that North Carolina Central existed. <laughs> That's true. They probably thought it was some sort of small little Division II school, you know, full of a bunch of, you know, little kids. On that. No, North Carolina Central has been, I mean, they've been sneaking up on a lot of people, especially in the MIAC. They beat a soundly, and a is a very good program. And so the fact that they went up there and did that, then we're, I'm sitting here like, whoa. This guy from this head coach is really about his stuff. You know, I thought he was Trey Oliver was just like, you know, just a run of the mill, you know. I, you, I wouldn't call him a retread, but it's just a run of the mill coach. He'll probably be out. He'll probably be on the streets, you know, not another two seasons or so. But hey, nice, nice gig. And I'm really, I'm really impressed with what he has done so far. And the fact that he beat a top 25 program, I'm like, whoa. So um, Elon beating Gartner-Webb, that's, you know, we beat Gartner-Webb. So, I mean, uh, that's nothing special. Um, William & Mary, Mike London, you know, it seems that, you know, William & Mary is somewhat, you know, I, I can tell that he's starting to pick that program, get that program in the right direction. So we saw him when he was at Howard. <laughs> he got Howard. He took Howard to heights they have never seen before. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm a, I was so happy once he left Howard, you know, because he literally scared, like, he he is like the nightmare for other HBCU programs. He came in there and challenged Howard to be better. Howard was better. He recruited, but he recruited really good players. And he did, uh, he, he turned that, that, that program was beating FC, FBS programs, so. Mike London has, you know, and when he was at Richmond, I think he won a national title, did, didn't he? Yep, not? He did. Yep, he did. So, so you know what to expect with him there. So, um, I would just say that CAA, you know, definitely had a, a strong outing. Monmouth, and we we played Monmouth, and we've we've played them very close at home, and then they've blown us out too. So, I would say that the CAA pretty much had a pretty good weekend, um, a good strong weekend. But Morgan State, though, let's talk about them. For those who are in the CAA who are listening, uh, I know Sacred Heart's kind of like a you know a low uh, a smaller program, but Morgan State, the co- the head coach at Morgan State came from Bowie State, and he really had that program smoking in Division Two, and you know it's just like. I would say like a lot of these coaches that come from uh, lower HBCU programs that, uh, you know, smaller division two programs, the only programs, only programs that they can look up to are division one HBCU programs in Norfolk state. I'm not Norfolk state, Morgan state gave them a call and it looks like they're heading in the right direction. And I'm really proud of, you know, really proud of him, you know, so that program looks good. The offense looks phenomenal. So we're just going to see where they where they are headed. So, you know, kudos to him. And what else do we have here? Um, uh, oh, Jackson State beating Grambling. I'll just say it like this. Hugh Jackson, I mean, uh, he did go 8-8 eight and eight with the Raiders, right? And Something like that. That was, that was with Carson Palmer. That was with a loaded team. And then he had Baker Mayfield, I think, his, what, first, first year? Yeah, and I mean – he, I think he is, to me, honestly, I think Hugh Jackson is going to be the stump Mitchell of HBCU. For, he's the new stump Mitchell. 
And if you're not familiar with Stump Mitchell, Stump Mitchell was a running backs coach in the NFL for a long time. And he took over our HBCU program thinking that, oh man, I coached in the NFL. I can just, I can just, I can just beat anybody. You know, like what are these guys? So I coached in the NFL. And he got was thoroughly embarrassed. So I think eight, I mean, Hugh Jackson probably has a better acumen, you know, than Stump Mitchell. But at the same time, though, that was not a good look for him. 66-24. But I will say this, too. He did beat Northwestern State the week before. So it's not that bad. As far as Alcorn beating McNeese State, that's very big for the SWAC. McNeese State has feasted on the SWAC conference for decades. Nobody has beaten McNeese State. Nobody. So the fact that Alcorn beat them this year is a very big thing for the SWAC conference. So, yeah, we're good. Yep. So on to the CAA opener. <clears throat> so Hampton, uh, o- <laughs> Hampton opens up CAA play at Delaware uh, hold against hold on, hold on. the Blue hold Hens. On, let me say this. Why could we not open up with a low with not with with a a lower tier opponent? You know, Delaware is like if we're like Vanderbilt and we're opening up against Georgia. Get out of here, man! It's not gonna work, man. Hey, go ahead. <laughs> they got you know uh, who knows what, what they had to do to get this schedule. So yeah, oh, it's uh, it's it's gonna be. An interesting game. So, yeah, open up against the Delaware Blue Hens in Newark, Delaware. The Blue Hens are the eighth-ranked team in the national polls. Uh, they are 3-0. They beat Navy. They beat Delaware State 35-9. And they beat Rhode Island, as we mentioned, 42-21. to um, Their quarterback, who had uh, 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 an awesome week, one of the best weeks ever uh, for a Delaware quarterback. And Delaware's had some pretty good quarterbacks. Joe Flacco uh, is one of yeah. them. Um, he was yeah. the FedEx Ground FCS National Offensive Player of the Week and yeah. the College Football Performance Awards National Co-Performer of the Week. So you only get those when you, you know, you're the best player in the country basically for that week. So he went nuts against Rhode Island, who's also a top 25 team. So just to give you an idea of what's, what's going on. So just to give you some idea about their roster, man, they're loaded, especially on the defensive side. And their quarterback wasn't even like a preseason pick. Uh, so he just turned it on. But Dyrick Pitts, wide receiver, first team preseason, Artis Hemingway and Chase McGowan on the defensive line uh, preseason Um Award winners, Johnny Buchanan, linebacker, preseason award winner. Here's the guy. So if you're going to watch Delaware State, watch their safety. Kendrick Whitehead as safety. So we said this on another podcast. Like, if you like football, if you like football, watch this game. Watch the CAA games. It's high-quality Football. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. not say that what we was seen hasn't, but a lot of times, you know, we are run up against like a, some portion of a team which is not constructed well. You know, yeah. something's wrong. This you don't see that here. So yeah. you're going to see high quality football. So watch if you just want to see. And they've got some really good players at safety. So, what else can we say about Delaware? I, they they are beatable. We can't beat them. I mean, I'm looking at this. Yeah. The, the, looking at them, I mean, they can be beat, but they are every a program. <laughs> they, every every yeah, every team can be beat, but 
just like you said, they are a program. So let me just start first. Um, Nolan Henderson makes all the throws. He is a red zone surgeon. I've watched this guy. He makes the throws. I think he made like a, like it was on, it was an out route on the, over the, uh, it was an out route red zone touchdown pass where it was no space. And mm-hmm. I was just sitting here like, this guy's going to, he's going to be on the somebody squad next year, whether it's NFL, USFL, or XFL, somebody's going to pick him up. This guy, this kid's, this kid's bad. And then I watched Kendrick Whitehead, and I was just like, "Yeah, they're good." And but I think w- the way that they built their program—if you know—if uh, you have Hemingway and McGowan, McGowan, I think I'm sorry on the, the defensive line, those two guys right there, you know, they're going to pose a, a huge problem for us, you know. And and then you got B- Buchanan backing them up, you know, especially with our strong running game. Um, I do think that they will definitely pose problems for, you know, Butts, uh, Burris, you know, um, the new kid. Um, well, I'll put in White in there, uh, Keandre White. And the, uh, but yeah, they'll definitely pose problems, you know, in the running game. But I would say this too. They probably haven't seen uh, Butts speed like that or Darren Butts speed. So, you know, that could be another um, uh wrinkle for us that they haven't you know seen but they have some very 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 good players um but just going back to henderson man this kid i mean i think he had what 370 yards and four touchdowns you know and he threw the ball through to 11 different receivers Mm. and then jordan jordan townsend seven times for 190 yards and a pair of scores you know that you know that's that's a program and this is what I would say if, you know, any, many of the uh, programs in the CAA want to emulate, you know, so this is where Hampton, Hampton used to be like this in the MEAC, but, you know, it's just to get to this level requires a lot more. So, yeah. Yeah, that's it. You know, I listened to the coaches call with their coach. <laughs> it was <Yeah>. funny. <laughs> it was like, it's like, coach, what do you think about Hampton? What do you think about their two quarterback system? He was basically like, I don't care. I don't care who they roll out. He was like, <laughs> he's like, basically, if we do what we're supposed to do, we're going to win. Like, we'll be okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's when you've got a program. Like, <laughs> it was like, yeah. yeah, they roll this guy out, we'll do this. They roll this guy out, we'll have some other option, but we're just going to yeah. do what we're supposed to do. It wasn't even bulletin, bulletin board material, but, you know, that's when you. Yeah. Are confident in your abilities, <laughs> yeah. it was, it was well, wild. Man. I would, I would say this, you know, and you know what, he has to. I mean, he can, should be confident. He's, you know, he's ranked eighth, you know, and I mean, to be honest, so just looking at at Delaware, you know, this is the first time I actually been on their website, you know, the athletic website, and I'm just sitting here like, wow, wow, you know, it's just like, um. You know they're they're a top tier FCS program, and you know this is really nice. You know I really you know it does. I mean I would say this for the for the Blue Hens that will be listening. You know um, we were a part of the CIAA, which is a huge uh, huge uh, uh, HBCU conference. You know it's Division Two. Then that was from in the eighties, seventies, eighties, nineties. And then we moved to the MEAC and the, our goal from 
uh, our former president who was who just left in the early the mid nineties was to join the CAA. And I would say we were more ready to join the CAA in the nineties and the early two thousands than. The program kind of took a slide, but, you know, we've always been successful in our auxiliary programs. Football, we're still trying to figure out. So I do get nervous about bringing a program into a football-rich conference. And I just get nervous about being homecoming fodder or homecoming entertainment for, you know, many CAA programs. And I just don't think that is a good thing. That's definitely not a good look, especially from, you know, from who we are as a program. So I don't like that. And for all the CAA fans who are just now listening to us, Hampton is HBCU light, or I will call it a diet HBCU. <laughs> this ain't Grambling. This ain't uh, Jackson State. You know, our fans are very quiet and, you know, passionate somewhat, you know. But You know what's interesting, though? So... When, when we're on the road, it's a different yeah. fan. I don't know why. Very true. So, but the, oh, the Hampton yes. folks who will be there will be loud and boisterous. When we're yeah. at home, <laughs> we're quiet. Yeah. And, so they, and, they will represent Delaware. And that, that is a good that's a good reason why. It's because um the majority of our alums leave the area. Unlike Howard, Howard and Morehouse, you know. Howard, Howard alums stay in the DMV area. Hampton alums leave Hampton. <laughs> but we are mainly situated in the Northeast. So the New York, Delaware corridor, the uh, Pennsylvania corridor, you know, the DMV corridor, we're all there. So we do show up and show out um, at uh, away games. So this is be new for us. Um, but um, I definitely think I will, I do think our defense will do its job and be competitive you know, all four quarters of the game. I do think that for us to to be successful, we have to have superior quarterback play. And if we had, I mean, I hate to say it, if we had Jet Duffy or DeAndre Francois, our previous two QPs who were transfers, one from Florida State, one from Texas Tech, you know, I think we would be, you know, in the ball game. But I do think with Malcolm Mays and Christopher Zellis, uh, they have to play lights out, you know, to get, you know, Jada Kiss Bonds the ball because he's, you know, Jada Kiss Bonds is, you know, he he's our he's one he's a star player, you know, and I just think that he he can definitely create uh mismatches on defense, you know. I would definitely love to see him go up against that safety, you know. Um, I'd definitely love to see him go up against um what's the kid's name? Uh, Whitehead, yeah, definitely to see him, you know, uh, against Whitehead. And we got Copeland in the slot. So there are definite mismatches that, you know, that we could definitely exploit. Um, it's just more of, of Whitehead. I'm not Whitehead, I'm sorry. Malcolm Mays or Christopher Sellis making sure that they can get the ball. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, Hampton has two legit pro prospects on both sides of the ball. So, yes. you know. Matt, you can, no, no, hold on, hold on. I think we got four to be honest. Who, and, well, we know we got Jada Kiss on offense. Anybody yeah, who else? Yeah. And then Moore. Yeah. Yep, we got Moore Keyshawn defense. Moore on defense. And I like um I would say Townsell and uh Townsell King and um our guy, 52. Um I think he shows his flashes. 
but he, you know, pretty much has. Sometimes I think he needs to be more disciplined. So, but yeah, we do have talent there. I just think that it just needs to be refined more. Yep, true that. So, and we'll see. So, here are my thoughts, man, on Hampton winning this game. If Hampton wins this game, if. Um, see, like, we, we this whole time, man, we've been talking about players, players, players. But mm-hmm. Hampton can win this game with superior coaching. Like, you know, Hampton coaches have experience with these programs. Hampton's defensive coordinator coached at Delaware. He was their coordinator for a couple of years, I think 2017 or 2019. I'm not sure the circumstances and why he left, but he knows the CAA. He knows Delaware. And then our offensive coordinator coached with one of Delaware's coordinators now. So we know the program. So if these guys can scheme up something, that unleashes everybody who has talent and can contain Delaware to an extent. It happens. It happens all the time. Central went up there and beat the 25th ranked team in New Hampshire um, with a scheme. And, you know, we have to talk about the coaches being able to um, scheme up something. It's a tough task, but, you know, that's why they do it. And these are the kind of games where coaches get promoted and or leave if they can win these kind of games. So it happens all the time. So hopefully, you know, we our coaches can put together a game plan to take advantage of everything that we do well. Um, Hampton also can win this game if they make no turnovers. No turnovers, yeah. and but they yeah. cause turnovers. So they got to win the turnover battles. Just no turnovers. Make Delaware drive and hold the ball. Be conservative somewhat. Hold the ball and then win special teams. I mean, it's yeah. like you got to play a nice defensive, ugly battle. Yeah. And yeah. could potentially win this yeah. game. But that's it. But I'm putting yeah. this one on the coaches to, yeah. to, to do you a know, little bit extra. And you know, I like what Prunty and, and, and the defensive coordinator, Chris Kosh, you know, has come up with, you know, with Norfolk State and for Tuskegee. And even well, I ain't gonna say Howard. That was just well, that they, you was know they, they they held on three for three quarters. I I thought about yeah, that they game. did, they did, they and did. then they they took just, the foot off the gas. I think they just got lazy. And yep. but you know you know what we were talking about last week that you know Hampton didn't even blitz at all. So maybe they're holding things out, you know, for 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 Delaware. So you know schemes that they haven't seen so but we do know that it's going to be they have, do have to play a very perfect game a low scoring game would be uh ideal you know so i would say that definitely holding the ball so hopefully elijah burris is ready to go you know um darren butts you know he's our he's the quick strike guy so um if he's if if he has to uh, fill in, then, you know, he has to get those quick yards. Um, Keandre White is the bruiser. So if we could definitely uh, play ball control on offense, you know, mix it in with some really good passing, then I think we'll be good there. Special teams has always been a point. You know, that last little snafu at Norfolk State, you know, that was an issue. But if we can play a complete game, then, you know, we'll definitely be in the ballpark. So we'll see. And here's my last thought on this game. I look at this game like a test. So like you ever have a really hard class <laughs> yeah. and you don't know how yeah. you're going to do on that first test. Yeah. Now, if you knock it out the party, like, Holy crap. All right. I am ready. I got it. If you yeah. fail poorly, it's like, all right, back to the drawing board, but at least, you know, where yeah. you stand. So <laughs> yeah, we will yeah. know where the Hampton program stands after this game. Yeah, absolutely. And um, this is, 
this is their one of the best best programs, you know, one of the most well known programs in FCS. So, I mean, oh God, sometimes it's just like it's like, ah oh man, we're here in the CAA, you know. It's not the MIAC or the Big South anymore. And it's just like, oh, God, we're really playing these programs. So that means that <laughs> Hampton University, <laughs> you have to do, like, whatever it is that these programs are doing to be successful, that means we have to either emulate or do whatever it is, you know, to to do better. But, I mean, oh, God. It's, we'll see, man. It's, it's a, a test. We'll, we'll see, see, right? Yeah. We'll see. We'll yeah. See. You know? If it, <laughs> Yeah, if we win though, but I'm whoa, we, we yeah. won. Go we ahead, ready. yeah, yeah, we, yeah we ready. But if it's a, <laughs> you know, but it is what it is. So we'll see. So, um, yeah. you know, everybody I, I, watch I, the defense. Watch, I mean, we yeah. the offense. We know what that is. Like the quarterbacks, yeah. <laughs> we know what we got there. But yeah. here's what I want to see: what Kosh does on defense. Yeah, I mean, yes, we've been absolutely. very conservative, vanilla. You know, yeah, you haven't seen coverage. anything. That we, ain't gonna I, work. That ain't we gonna were work. Rushing, I think we were rushing three man, four man, you know, on um three men on just passing plays alone. So, you know, so hopefully, you know, the real scheme comes out now. So yeah, <laughs> yep. the, it has to. It has to if you think about it, we haven't shifted at all. So I mean, we beat we 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 beat those three programs. Doing nothing basically, <laughs> basically, right? Right, just line it up, man. Like, line you get up, your man, yeah. you get your man, yeah. You know, <laughs> that's it. Now they gotta start yeah. disguising stuff, they gotta start dropping people, they gotta start yeah. twisting, yeah, yeah. They gotta, it's, yeah. it's time, so yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Everybody, watch this is a test for him. This is like yeah. a test in your junior year, class is getting tougher. You gotta see where you stand. That's it. All right. All right, right, everybody. So we'll be, well, it's a bye week, I think, after this. So uh, we'll be back at some, oh, heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. We can, either way, a lot of guys need to get healthy. So uh, we'll use that bye. But go Pirates, and we'll check back in soon. Hi, Blue Hands. Peace out.